Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. Well, good morning. We have a, I guess, a new uh, thing we're trying, so we'll see what God does with it as far as our service is concerned. The order of it. Still the same. Jesus is still alive. <laughs> Without a doubt. We've been teaching a series called Who We Are. Who We Are. And we went over the first part, which was our vision, a couple of Sundays ago, and we reviewed it last Sunday. And we said that as far as our mission is concerned, we are created, created to glorify God. Was our mission. And then last week we introduced our new vision, which was to love God and love all people. So we want to uh, go from there, the same uh, title that we had last year, all in, last, last week, all in, but this is part two. And so I want to do two things today. The first thing is that I would like to emphasize that in our relationship with God, there is no room, no room for idols. No room. And that's what he requires. That's the first thing I want to do. And the second thing I want to do is to uh, have a, a testimony of someone giving us their story of what God is doing in their life. And we'll go from from there, we'll close the service. Then next week, we'll uh, go into another uh, series, another part, and we'll have another speaker next Sunday. And we're going to just have fun with the Word of God. That's what we're going to do. Have fun with the Word of God. Because I believe the Word of God is fun. It doesn't seem like it. But when you start uh, practicing the Word of God, Working with the Word of God, the Word of God working in us because it's alive, it's powerful, it's sharpening the two-edged sword. And as all of this start working, we start changing. That's what I want. I want, I, want, I want to change. So let's jump into the first of the two things I wanted to go over today. The first thing was our relationship with him needs no room for idols. Let's open our Bibles to... Luke chapter 10, if you have your Bibles, I know that might be an old saying now, I should say, you know, take out your electronic devices, whichever it may be, uh, but I tell you, uh, there's nothing like the Bible, I tell you, I, I just love my Bible, and I'm learning to uh, respect and enjoy uh, and look forward to also all the technology that God is doing uh, with the new things also because I could uh, be at a place and I could start reading my Bible, uh, reading, reading the Word of God and studying the Word of God, chewing on things but going to, to the Scripture and say, okay, what was that Scripture? Uh, and I can, I can uh, oh man, I don't have my concordance to look up where the Scripture is 
I don't, what can I do? So I can now take my little cell phone out and I can say, hey, Google, where, where is this scripture found? And she'll tell me, yeah. So I said, wow, this is cool. So now I don't even use my concordance, really, uh, because I can find things quicker by asking uh, Google. So, and some of you probably ask uh, Sari, probably, is that, the, is that the name of the other person? Okay, ask, ask Sari, you know, probably many others, okay. Verse 25. That's one thing about the Bible. You can get to it real quick. You got it on, the, on, the, on your device. Verse 25. And a lawyer stood up and put him to the test, speaking of Jesus, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, Jesus speaking, What is written in the law? How does it read to you? And the, the lawyer said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And you know that's our, of course, vision. And he said to him, you have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. Do this and you will live. Now that's interesting. He asked him about eternal life, but he said, he didn't say do this and you will have eternal life, did he? He said, do this and you'll live. But he asked him about eternal life. Now let's think about this. I was thinking about this and I said, well, how do I do this? How do I love God with all my heart, all my soul, all my mind, all my strength? Now, it, under the, re- the rest of the verses here, when, when, he, when the lawyer try to uh, justify himself, who is my neighbor, you know, thinking he's going to, you know, uh, not catch Jesus off of God. And Jesus told him about the Good Samaritan. Well, tell me, how does a priest, how does a, how, how does a Levite, do they knew the, know the word of God? You think they knew the word of God? They were coming from, of course, Jerusalem. And this other uh, Jewish man, he was coming from Jerusalem. We know it was a Jewish man. Uh, how did they not know the word of God? They believe that they are going to heaven. If there is a such a thing as a heaven, they are going. They are going. And, and, and the thing is that I don't want to be caught up in that same thing. And even though we have a vision that says love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, all your mind, 
and love your neighbor as yourself, I don't want you saying, well, if I just do that, I'm going to have eternal life. Because if we could do that, we wouldn't have needed Jesus, would we? Because that's, we know if we had the Ten Commandments on the screen, which I was going to do that, and I changed my mind. Uh, the first four is speaking of uh, the first thing that Jesus said, and, it's, and the next six is thinking of, of the rest of it is, is love your neighbor because it has something to do with other people. Now, you think about it. They couldn't keep the law. Do you think we can keep this law? We can't do it. So I said, God, how are we going to achieve this vision? Because that's another thing that we we want to talk about uh, next week, start talking about, is that how do we work this thing out? How do we do it? Because I don't know about you. I want to say I'm going to get so I love God with all my heart, all my soul, all my mind, all my strength. I'm going to get so I love God like that. I'm going I'm to really, really try to get in this word. I'm going to try to you know, do all I can to do that. But I already know that I can't do that. And you might say, well, that's weird. Everybody's supposed to be able to do that if you're a Christian. Well, that's the point. He's talking about the law. I'm saying, I can't do this in and of myself. I just can't do it. See, we think that we can, and the thing is that if I try to love God with all my heart, I already know that my, my will, my emotions, all those things that make up my heart, they're not renewed. My mind is not renewed. My heart is not pure. He says, you know, blessed are the pure spirit. Uh, you know, they shall see God. We love God a lot of times with a, I guess, a, a mind that's not renewed, a spirit that's wounded. You, you, you hear what I'm saying? Because of life and circumstances, we've been hurt a lot of times. And we're, we're trying to love God with all our heart, but our heart has been damaged. I have a wounded heart because of what people have said, what they might have done, and all those type of things. I have a, my, my heart is just not where it should be. But I love God with all of that. See, that's not enough. That's not enough. I need God. And the, and the, and the songs this morning uh, spoke so much to it, is that if I don't have the presence of the Spirit of God, there's no way 
I'm going to do anything. God says, you can do nothing apart from me. So I know that I need the presence of God. I have to have it. I have to have the presence of God to be able to stand here. I have to have the presence of God to be able to breathe. I have to have the presence of God to uh, really achieve what he wants me to achieve in any day and any time during that day. I need the presence of the Lord. And if you think you don't need the presence of the Lord, then you're deceived. We need the presence of the Lord. And that's what the song was saying. Your presence, Lord. Your presence. How do I do this thing? How do I love God with a wounded heart? How do I get my heart pure, God? How do I get my mind renewed like you want it renewed? Because I'm thinking I'm renewing this thing by getting in your word. And I, I think I've achieved something. But then when I read the verses uh, after this in, in Luke, when I read that the, 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 the Levite, the priest, here they are coming from Jerusalem. They're supposed to be top-notch uh, Jews, supposed to know everything. And they can't even walk out the word of God. Here they are, leaving a man that's stranded, half dead. They walk on the other side. But I said, I'm no better. Because we all do things that God probably do it different. Because he had compassion. His disciples said, hey, hey the, the, the people... They've been here long enough. Uh, they need to go to the villages and things and get some food because they've been here a long time. They, they are hungry. Jesus said, you feed them. You feed them. He said, where are we going to get the food from to feed all this mother too? What do you have? He blessed them. He feed all of them because he had compassion on the people. The disciples couldn't do it. Do you think that if we were there and had all these people, one was 5,000 excluding the women and children, one was 4,000 excluding the women and children, do you think we would have said, Jesus, you don't have to feed them. I'll feed them. We'll do this thing. I believe we would have said the same thing they said. What's wrong with you? Where are we going to get all this food from? We say that now. I say that now. What are we going to eat, Minerva? Not but two of us. What are we going to eat? Well, you just finished. You just finished eating lunch. You talk about dinner. But but you know that's how I think sometimes. And God wants us to know that. So the next thing is that I want to have a person give us their, their story and how they are trying to just yield, just yield and let God do the work.
Hello? It works, okay. Good morning, everyone. Um, for those who don't know me, my name is Brandy Taylor, and I'm Pastor uh, Willie Taylor's uh, youngest daughter. Um, and I, well, Pastor Willie, he asked me to share um, with everyone this morning a little bit of the journey that God has had me on. Um, and when Pastor was just talking um, just now about idols and, you know, yielding to the Lord, it's interesting because um, the idols kind of, when I looked at Pastor's message, you know, yesterday, and the idols that came to my mind that um, I used to have, kind of, I'm going to start with, I'm going to tell a little bit about past, present, future type of thing. Um, but one of the main idols when I, that I didn't know at the time, but as God kind of was drawing me, was fear. And another was selfishness, another was control, another was sadness and despair. I mean, you can, there's just so many things. Because sometimes I think, at least in my life when I was younger, growing up in the church, I used to think idols were mainly, you know, materialistic things like your job or car or money or just, you know, a person or sometimes, at least in my life, I'm finding that it's it can be even sometimes the areas that I refuse to give God complete control over and being comfortable in a situation or whatever it may be and even you know, today, every single day, it's um, it's a journey of allowing God to be God in every area of my life, especially the areas that I struggle with. And one of those areas has been ever since I was a child that I didn't really even know until, you know, this past year and a half um, was fear and was despair, which is, you know, one thing that sometimes can keep us stagnant in our lives, um, even this morning, <laughs> you know, every, you know, fear, and it kind of bleeds into control as well. Um, and so one of the scriptures that I was going to share with you this morning, I literally was just now, just a second ago, repeating over and over in my mind, First uh, John 4, 8, that says, there is no fear in love, but Perfect love drives out fear um, because sometimes when we don't know, at least I did not know how much God loved me, how much he loves each and every one of us, how much he loves, we'll give in to fear. We'll give in to um, this thoughts and attacks of the enemy, uh, you know, and most people know, you know, my dad's health um, journey and and that's an area where because I a part of also I work here at the church I work for my dad um, and the elders and so he's been my boss for 
17, I don't even know how long, (laughs) 17 years or something. Um, And so when your job and your life is tied into a person or a place, whatever, um, a lot of times your identity can sometimes, if you're not really seeking God and what he has planned for your life, your identity can kind of be meshed in with what you do and who your boss is and what, because you spend so much time. And so um, every single day it's a walk of just surrendering trust in God, that control of that, Brandy, you're not in control of the situation. You're not in control of anything, even yourself. Sometimes I think I am, but I'm not. Um, But um, not in control of anything. That God's in control, but there is actually safety and assurance and peace in that, knowing that God's in control. So um, God starts speaking to me probably back, I mean, it's been a lifelong thing, but um, probably back in 2016 where um, for years past I've been like, um, I've been helping a lot in the ministry and I knew I was empty spiritually, but when you're used to the same routine, you just kind of keep doing what you know to what you do. And so God started speaking to me that I needed to draw closer to him. And I thought, okay. Then another day, another day, you know, it's kind of like a diet. Oh, I'll start Monday. I'll start, you know. So finally in 2017, probably around June, um, something happened that really spoke to me, and God used um, that situation to kind of show me that I didn't have time to waste, and I had been wasting time um, putting the most important aspect of my life off, putting other things in front of God. Um, And I'm just speaking for me. Well, God just started to speak to me. And so one of the scriptures um, that God gave me one morning was Jeremiah 29:13, And I, you know, he put it on my heart and I had to go look it up. And I was like, what? You know, but um, that he told me I would find him when I seek him with all my heart. And so that scripture became kind of like the starting point of me starting to seek him. And I didn't really know how I was going to, you know, so I kind of just fit it in, you know, before I went to bed, during my lunch hour, you know. And then over time, the Lord started to work with me that I need to start putting him first before I did anything else in my day, before I, you know. And one of the scriptures that was really kind of was a, he used this to change my mindset was Acts um, 17, 24 through 28. And when, at the time I was reading the NIV Bible a lot, and now I mostly just read the Amplified Bible, but, um, and I think you might have it up on the New American Standard, but basically the Amplified Bible says, The God who produced and formed the world and all things in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in homemade shrines. Neither neither is he served by human hands as though he lacked anything. 
For it is he himself who gives life and breath and all things to all people. And he made from one common origin, one source, one blood, all nations of men to settle on the face of the earth, having definitely determined their allotted periods of time and the fixed boundaries of their habitation, their settlements, lands, abodes, so that they should seek God in the hope that they might feel after him and find him although he is not far from each one of us, for in him we live and move and have our being. As even some of you, of your own poets have said, your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. So the way that God, the morning that it, I was reading the Amplified Bible, and it is when God said in verse 27, God did this so that we might seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. And the picture that the Holy Spirit just gave me that morning was a child, and I'm not a parent yet, but of a baby reaching for their parent. And it was it was the most real thing, I think, even though I don't know that feeling, but it just hit me so hard that God literally wanted me, wanted me to seek him and to perhaps reach out for him like a baby reaches out for their parent, whether it's first thing in the morning, the the first thing the baby sees, you know, and I can imagine the joy the delight, the pleasure it gives a parent when your baby actually wants to reach out to you, when your baby actually wants to spend time with you because you're their parent and they love you and you get to hold them. And just imagine what I imagined that morning was how much more as a parent would you love it if your middle school child did that, if your teenager did that, if your 20, 30, your adult child reached out for you. And I remember that morning um, that I just wept and wept because I didn't know. I mean, you know how we know because, I mean, my parents, I grew up in, you know in your mind, but you don't know that God wants you. He doesn't want just a person to pray for you. He wants you. He wants you. He wants that intimate daily, every second of every day, relationship and there's no other relationship on earth that's like that where at any second of every single day someone wants to be with you and they don't care how you look what you did yesterday what you didn't do your grades your (laughs) money you know they with God there is no walls no limits there's nothing except for that perfect love that he has and so that's what kind of and I knew from that moment on that and I even have prayed this almost you know every day because a lot of times the enemy will try to say oh you're not going to be able to keep up this relationship when you have children and when you get married and you know all all these different things because of course they're going to take priority and I truly believe in my heart If God said in his word that it's a done deal, and if he said that to seek first the kingdom of God 
and his righteousness, his way of doing things, his way of being right, all these things will be added to you, then he's going to make a way for me, for anyone to put him as a priority, put him first, even as whatever stage of life we're in. So I knew that day that it had to be a life change. And though the last year and a half has not been easy, God's proven it to me that if I do what he's called me to do, that I don't have to, one, I don't even have to do it in my own strength because the Holy Spirit, Jesus, I mean, God, he's helping us do it. But even with my dad being in the hospital and all the things that my, I made a choice that I want God to be first in my life no matter what comes. Um, just because I know that without him I can't I can't do this. It's not um I don't want to do it, even if everything was perfect. You know, sometimes we go through those periods where it seems like everything is so great and we may not have these trials that everybody else, you know, people go through so many different things, but God knows exactly what each of us are going to go through today. He knows we're going to go through tomorrow. He knows exactly what we need. And so I need to have him so he can help me walk through that. Even the great moments, to not take them for granted. Um, The moments when I need strength, the moments when I need guidance, you know. Um, So there is... Five things, and I'm just going to quickly go through them because I don't know, I know I don't have a lot of time, but that God showed me that, you know, is that spending time in his word every day, and, you know, another thing is that God is such an individual God, and one of the things that really brought me to my knees is that I wanted to know what God had for my life, and not just what everyone expected of me, or was telling me should happen, but I truly wanted to know, God, what do you have for me so I can prepare for that, so I can be ready for that, so it won't, you know, and so that was another thing that, and so seeking him kind of becomes a joy, it doesn't kind of, it actually does become a joy, because you're not just doing it for one reason. You're doing it for a million, a billion. You were doing it for reasons we don't even know yet, but God knows. Um, so the one thing he is spending time in his word every day, um, for me personally, is putting him first before I did anything else. And how important that is because the word of God is literally our weapon, and that's what he says in his word. It is our weapon. So when those doubts, thoughts, circumstances, people, whatever happens in our lives, we'll have, the, we'll have that word in us to pull from. Because if you don't have it, you know, you just give in to the despair. You just give in to, and, but when you have the word, you can literally cast down 
every thought. You can bring every thought captive. Um, and it, like Pastor said, it's alive. And so it will change you. And um, hearing the word was, um, excuse me, number two. Um, and I think it was important. Actually, Stella actually once shared something with me that she was waiting for her a particular, you know, prayer. She was listening to the word. And so back in December, my parents got me CD, Bible and CD. Um, and I've been, you know, listening, but I listen to the word when I sleep every night. I actually listen to it. I listen to messages instead of sometimes listening to me. It's just finding ways for me personally, again, for me personally, um, to get myself built up as much as possible because I don't always have time to spend, you know, to read, you know, to, but hearing the word it actually matters because God says, and whether you listen to speakers, whether you listen to the messages coming to church, just hearing the word builds our faith and then doing the word. That's probably the biggest <laughs> thing that, I, you know, God's been teaching me is walking the word out every day and what ever God tells me to do, doing it. And that's not easy. <laughs> it's not, you know, even just, it's, it's um, not easy on our own. We can't do it on our own. But again, we don't have to. And when we, you know, you learn that, that when God tells you to do something, he's not telling you to say, to you to fall or to make a fool out of yourself. He's telling you to do it because he's going to help you do it. And he already knows that what's on the other side of you doing it. And then prayer, that was a huge thing because um, I know without a shadow of a doubt that I, if it weren't for God's grace and his mercy and his loving kindness, that my parents praying for me and my sisters, our family, you know, without seeing results for many, 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 many years probably, <laughs> like they probably wanted to, um, but the prayer works. The prayer works. And that it is not even a hardship, but a privilege to pray and stand in the gap for your loved ones for your family, for whoever God puts on your heart, whoever you're fighting for. And at different times it might change, and corporate prayer is so important. But when God puts something on your heart, you pray without giving up. And like it says, um, God gave the example, and I really like this verse because it kind of slap in the face for me, but in Luke 18, 1, when God says, um, he also told them a parable to the effect that they ought, to al- they ought always to pray and not to turn coward, faint, lose, lose heart, and give up. Because how easy, at least for me, to give up when you don't see results, when your prayer isn't answered right away. You feel, well, wh- you know, why? And if you've been praying for 30 years for something, when you've been praying for 15, 5, a year, 6 months, whatever it is, the enemy wants us to give up. He wants us to stop believing for your loved ones, to stop fighting. But there's no time limit 
in Christ. There's, there's nothing. And so, and even for me, like I said, seeking God for my future, what he has for me, but God's showing me that it's never, you're never too young to start and you're never too old. I don't, you know, for your children, for your grandchildren, because praying for your children isn't just praying for your children now. It's praying for your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, your, because everything your children do is going to affect their children. It's going to affect their, ch- you know, it's a, it's a generational thing. So even now, I'm praying for my husband. I'm praying for my children. And so, well, how do you do that when you don't even have... Well, if God gives you something, if he puts something on your heart, why would I not if God's told me to do it? A lot of us, we start doing something when we have it. We start praising God when we have our miracle. And the fifth thing um, goes along with that, what God's told me for my future is... um, and it's fun because, like, Brianna and I were just talking about this morning, it never ends. God is always teaching. He's always stretching us. He's, we're always learning something. But for me, that's exciting because it means when I'm 95 years old, God's going to be giving me new dreams. He's going to be giving me new visions. He's going to still be teaching me something, and it's for free. You don't have to pay for an education. You don't have to pay to get – you don't have to get qualified. God already qualifies us and then teaches us how to walk in the qualification, the purpose he has for us. So for me, it's, it's re- praying and rejoicing for what he has planned for me and not giving up. Because, again, it's like, well, why would you praise for something you don't see? yet you don't have most people get excited when they get the promotion they get excited when they get pregnant they get excited when they and God's told me like literally I woke up one morning I don't know does anyone remember the 1980s doll my buddy does anyone remember the my buddy doll well one morning this is a theme song my buddy but it was a theme song anyway but he woke me up with don't worry be happy to the theme song of my buddy and I'm like what and I'm like, but I have nothing to be happy about, you know, <laughs> or, you know, that's what my flesh wants to say. Um, but I wrote it down, and I wrote it on my wall and in my office, and because I'm like, and then as God just takes me through the, you know, scriptures on joy and rejoicing, there's a reason God says in First Thessalonians, you know, 5, 16 through 18, rejoice always. Because what if, and which we know is true, God knows something we don't know, which is true. (laughs) What if God knows something we don't know? That he knows our miracle is just around the corner. He knows what we're praying for. He already has a plan for it. He knows. um, And so he's told me last year the all-in title, and he wanted me to go all-in. And this year, it's all out. And I don't care what happens. I'm going to keep praying, keep rejoicing, because I don't want to wait and then rejoice. I want to be like the great cloud of witnesses, the people who had faith before they received, the people who rejoiced before they received, the people who, you know, had faith to do 
what other people would have thought was impossible at the time. That's impossible. God doesn't work that way with Noah. It's it's never rent. Why are you building a boat? Well, if God told him something, why wouldn't he? If God's told you something, why wouldn't you be obedient? If God's told me something, why wouldn't I be obedient? It doesn't matter if no one else knows or no one else understands. Um, And so that's just my story. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.